What's up, Gamer Loners? Back for another episode of the Monday Mortgage Melt today. One of the big questions that was asked today was all about picking property strategies and how to actually think longer term and reverse engineer. Obviously, I chucked in a little bit of finance knowledge for good measure. So looking forward to sharing this one and I hope you really enjoy it as well. If you are loving these podcasts, by the way, please don't forget to leave me a little five-star review. It takes about three seconds for yourself to do it, um, but it means a massive amount to me. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. Let's get on with the show. How's it going? It's Sam here. Welcome to episode 130 of the Monday Mortgage Melt. Sorry, uh, we're a little bit late today. 18 minutes behind five o'clock. <clears throat> That's me. That's my bad. I was on the phone um, and I just couldn't get off. Doing something very, very important. So um, please forgive me. Please forgive me for being so late today. Um, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Hope you're all having a great Monday so far. This is like one of the good things about doing this on a Monday is we're kickstarting a brand new week. Um, you can't see this right now, but I have behind where the camera is over there, I have got a, uh, a whiteboard and on it, it says all I've got. Well, I've got my um, I've got my targets for uh, for the year for each quarter in terms of things that I want to get done. Um, but underneath, because I'm having massive March right now, I have literally all it says in big blue letters is massive march with a loads of explanation marks so i'm feeling like really pumped for this month i feel like this uh, you know january february we've had a lot of like not sure what's going on with the market and, and all that kind of stuff um really 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 sort of tricky tricky year so far so i'm feeling things are starting to get a bit settled i think we've bottomed out in the market in terms of the mortgage market um you know pricing isn't going to get too much lower if if lower at all um on that front so i feel like now is the time to really really smash it so i'm thinking this month is going to be a massive massive month for grand union it's going to be a massive month for me personally um you know i've got some health targets i've got some wealth targets um and all that kind of good stuff i've got some mental health targets that i'm going to be working on um so not not just through Grand Union in terms of us having a really, really freaking great month, not just financially, but in terms of loads of different other ways as well. Um, so I'm feeling pumped for massive March. So who's with me? We're all up for a big, big massive March. Whatever you guys are going to be focusing on um, in terms of your own business, your life, um, I think March should be massive for all of us and we should all just go, do you know what? This month, we're just going to go hell for leather. We're going to go gangbusters and we're just going to get shit done that we that we've been putting off we're going to have really great months in our in our jobs in our in our businesses we're going to hit the gym more than we we have we're going to hit our step targets every day do you know what i mean it's just going to be one day after another of just relentless awesomeness that is that is march 2023 that's what that is for paul said huge month mate pipeline building awesome stuff this is what we're talking about if you go absolutely hell for leather every single day, it's not sustainable long term, which is why we're talking about just March for the time being. It's not sustainable for the long term, but if you get if you can relentlessly, day after day after day, compound doing the right thing time and time and time again, it's going to have a positive effect. I mean, that's really what I'm trying to get at for this month is to make it a massive month um, for in a, in a number of different ways. We're basically taking everything that we're doing and just adding to it, just, just taking it up a notch, just doing it at the highest level that we possibly can. That's what I want to be doing this month. It's what I'm telling my team that we should be doing. And I'm talking, when I talk to the team, I'm not talking about just work. I am talking about everything, you know, if you if you've never meditated meditate get your head right you know get get more sleep you know go relentless with your sleep as well make sure you get in the right amount of sleep make sure you're putting the right fuel inside your body make sure 
you know, you're, you're working hard to look after yourself and not just your wallet. And so that's, you know, that's something I'm, I'm getting very excited to share with you all and I'm going to keep you updated with my progress and hopefully it uh, empowers you guys as well and hopefully it makes you feel as if you want to have a bit of a, a massive march as well. So thank you one and all for joining me on the Monday Mortgage Melt. That was my nice positive start to the live today. Now, if you haven't been on this live Q&A before, um, we do this every single Monday at 5pm. As I said, a little bit late today, so apologies, but we do this every single Monday at 5pm and it's your opportunity to ask me anything you want with regards to property finance, property investing, running a business, whatever it might be. Um, a lot of the questions that we talk about are to do with property strategies and how you finance them, what's going on in the market, how mortgage rates are determined, all this kind of good stuff that is ne not necessarily talked about all that often. So um, that is what we're here to do. Now, I have noticed a couple of people um, putting a few comments down in the comments box. Don't use that for questions, guys, please, um, because I can't see any of those comments or questions on my screen right now because as people enter, um, Miss L Marware and AH77, Harry Oliver, um, Andy MMI, these kinds of people as they're coming into the live, um, they are going to be pushing these questions up and up and up. So don't put your questions in the co in the comments box, guys, because I'm not going to see them and I'm going to miss them. Uh, put them down into the question box in the um in the bottom right hand corner down here somewhere. Um, and then also I can bring that question up on the screen so people can actually see it as well. So they can keep me reminded as I go off on my normal tangents, um, you know, you can uh, <laughs> you can be reminded what we're actually meant to be talking about anyway. Um, also guys, do me a massive favor, um, keep hitting the little heart button down in the bottom right hand corner as well, because it tells Instagram I'm doing a good job, brings more people into live because Instagram shares it with more and more people. The more times that heart button is hit, I know this for a fact because I've researched it, the more likely Instagram is going to share it with more of my followers and more people that aren't following me on their explore pages, and it just brings more people into this live and the more people that we've got the more questions we're going to get the more stuff we can learn because you know a question that somebody else might ask is not something you've ever thought about and so actually the answer to that question will be really relevant to you and you don't even realize how relevant it is um so so please 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 um do what you can to share this if you want or um or click the heart button because as i said it's just going to help us grow the number of people on the live and we can get more questions in now um, earlier on today in my stories, I did what I always do and I give people the opportunity to ask. Um, there we go. Perfect time. I'm just on the train to um, from London to, to Lem. I'm presuming at Leamington Spa. Have I got that right? Not too far away from me, just down the road. So happy days. Um, yes. So uh, the um, where, where was I going? What was what was I doing next? Um, so, yeah, uh, stories. That's it. So in my stories every single week uh, on the Monday, I always obviously tell everyone, remind everyone that we're going to be doing the Monday Mortgage Mail on a Monday at 5 p.m. But in addition to that, I put a question box um, on there, which is um, a just a questions, uh, priority questions, which is questions I will answer at the beginning of the show. So it gives people the opportunity to make sure their question is definitely answered because we may run out of time if we get too many. So I'm going to kick off with those. But if you want to ask a question, guys, question box down here and once I've gone through the priority questions that have come through my uh, my stories then I will um, get on to your lovely questions hi Asma how are we doing let's get cracking first question and by the way guys I've not looked at these yet um, I um, 
Uh, yeah, I haven't even looked at these questions yet, so these are all completely new to me. So we're going to kick off with this one. Can SIP code 68209 and 68100 be used for one company? Undecided, I will flip or BRR. Um, excellent question this. So let's talk about what SIP codes are. When you go on company's house, if you start if you start a limited company and you go on company's house and um, at the very, very begotten, at the very begotten, at the very bottom, <laughs> um, there'll be a little thing that will say uh, nature of business. Now underneath you'll see these um, little five five digit codes um, and then it will have an explainer next to it. And these, these five digit codes um, are uh, there to, they basically are, are, are telling you what type of business this is. What, what work is that business doing? What are they actually, uh, what is, what's the purpose of this particular company essentially? So the two codes that, um, that we, we've got here are property related codes. The 6811, uh, 68100 I believe is the buying and um, the, rent, the, you know, the renting of real estate. Um, and the other is to do with, uh, with buying and selling of real estate. Now, um, one thing to be clear on guys is that mortgage lenders will have a list of SIP codes that they would want to, have to see on company's house on your um yeah on your company uh on your on, your, on the company's house uh, page to do with your company so they will they will require you to have certain SIP codes um they also don't want to see any other SIP codes um so if it's not on that list then they won't like it. Now, um, 68209 and 68100 are generally both okay. However, let's talk a little bit more to do with what the second part of this question is, which is undecided if I will flip or BRR. Now, I believe that you should have two exit strategies no matter what you're doing, and you set up for the um, uh, for the one that is um, gonna be your the hardest one to do with whatever um, whatever we're talking about. So here we're talking about SIP codes. What's the hardest one to do? Do you need specific SIP codes in order to flip a property? Not really, no, because there's no mortgage lender at the other end that's going, hang on a second, those SIP codes are wrong. Uh, we don't like this. We don't want to lend on this on this, uh, on this this property to this limited company. So I wouldn't worry too much about the flip codes. Just make sure you've got the, the ones that, are good, that uh, mortgage lenders are going to need. Because if you do need to go down the BRR route and we do need to refinance, then we need to make sure that the company is... Um, in a in set up in the right way that mortgage lenders are going to want it. So it needs to be an SPV and it needs to be, um, it needs to have the right SIP codes that a mortgage lender will need. And uh, 68100 is one of them. And most of them will be okay with 68209, I, I think as well. I can't remember what 68209 is off the top of my head, but the 68100 um, is to do with the letting of, of real estate essentially. So you're building a property portfolio. So um, so yeah, so just to recap on this, um, the SIP codes are the nature of business that you see at the bottom of your company's house company page um, and mortgage lenders will want to uh, to see the, the certain um, ones that are on there, the certain ones they will accept. Anything outside of this list, they will not want. Um, so make sure you're checking that. Um, if you're speaking to us at Grand Union, we can check with the lender which ones they which ones they want but we kind of know already as part of our due diligence whenever we take on a new client we always check company's house we have a look at your company um, profile on company's house and we make sure that all the zip codes are right anyway it's part of our onboarding process that we do without you even realizing it um you know not that we're doing anything sneaky we're just you know that that's what we're doing so um so yeah so don't worry too much about about that the, um, just make sure that you've got it set up, that you can get a mortgage if you need to. If you end up selling the property, 
doesn't matter, no problem at all. The one thing to add on to this though, however, is that if some lenders see that you have been buying and selling property in a limited company, and then suddenly you also building your portfolio in there as well, they may not like that. They may see that as a negative. They may decide that actually they don't want to lend to you because they believe that your property, um, your company is a property trading company rather than a property portfolio building company. So I would suggest that if you are thinking of uh, buying and selling property, i.e. flipping and buying and holding property, i.e. BRR or renting, uh, building a portfolio, being a landlord, keep them separate. You know, maybe keep them separate, have a holding company above. That's not tax advice, by the way, guys. I can't do that. I'll leave that up to Amy, who I think is on the, on the call, on the call, on the live. Um, she is the property tax queen, and uh, she can advise you on any tax uh, advice that you need. But that's how I see a lot of my clients doing it, and it's how lenders tend to tend to like it as well. Keep the two separate. They are two separate things: trading and holding. So. That's a good start. I like that question. I did like that question. Guys, if you want to ask me anything, get your questions down into the question box in the bottom right-hand corner. I know I did start late, but I am still going to finish at six because I've got loads of work to still do today because we are busy, busy, busy at Grand Union Finance at the moment. So um, yeah, looking uh, looking forward to a good month, massive March, as I said. So, um, so if you do want to get your questions in, we've only got half an hour questions in the question box down here. But let's get back to my questions from my stories. Um, so this one says, hi, explanation mark. Um, I'm self-employed with a limited company. Lenders won't accept my SA302 as I have um, net, as I have net profits as well. Okay, so let's get this on the screen and let's, let's dig into this question. So client self-employed, limited company. So they're a company director. So they're, so they're, um, uh, their SA302. So the SA302 is something that you will get. So it's kind of been replaced by a um, a tax calculation and overview, but essentially that's what the SA302 used to be. Um, and what this does is it shows you a breakdown of your taxable income. Okay, so it's very easy for a lender to see personally. So this is you personally, what you have earned. So through property, through dividends, through employment, you know, and employment can be your limited company paying you a salary. I pay myself a salary out of, out of Grand Union Finance. It's not very much um, because most of it's dividends because um, that's the right way of doing it at the moment. That's probably going to change at some point in the future. But so this will show the personal income that you personally, personally, personally get. Um, now, when if we take a step back from that, Sometimes, if you have a limited company, let's say, for example, you make net profits in that company of 50 grand, but you only want to pay yourself 20 grand, there's 30 grand left of, of, of net profits in that business. Um, so you could have taken 50 grand. What lenders will do is some some lenders, we're talking about residential mortgages here when it comes to affordability, they won't necessarily, they could look at your salary and dividends personally, but some will look at net profit, okay? So... Um, here, uh, this person has said um, they won't accept my SA302 as I have net profit as well. Um, well, that's just down to, they're saying lenders. How many lenders are you spoken to? Because not all lenders will look at that. What you need is a really good broker that understands the market um, and they will be able to talk you through how this how this works. So some lenders, we can take a, a mixture of salary and dividends and net profit. Some we take just salary and dividends, some we just take net profit. So we've got to, it's about finding the right solution that will allow you to borrow the amount that you want to borrow. So um, for the person that, that, uh, that said this, um, 
send this over. Um, Chanel is our residential broker. She takes care of our residential mortgages at Grand Union Finance. What you need to do is book in a call to speak to her. So if you're watching this, um, I don't have the name because it just says questions from stories. If you're watching this and I've answered your question, make sure that you get in contact with me and I will get you a link out to book a call to discuss your residential mortgage with, uh, with Chanel because it looks like this is the case. On buy to lets, and we've got our minimum income requirement. This is also a situation um, that we see a, um, a lot where we need to show income. They're not as obviously as um, hardcore as residential lenders, but um, they do. Um, yeah, they will. They will also have a look at this as um, as well. So hope this happens. Um, yeah, Stephen, if this is if this is your question, um, and you do want to want to. Uh, Look out for that. So it's Chanel S H A N E W L E. Um, but yeah, we can we can get that call booked in. So send me a direct message, and we will get that sorted for you. Two questions, two good questions to kick off. If you've got a great question of your own, make sure you get it down into the question box um, down here. Anyone? I've just seen uh, we've had a had a, a question go in the comments, guys. For those of you that were at the beginning when we went through the housekeeping, um, if anyone does this, just please remind them in the comments to put their question in the question box. Um, so lucky, lucky, Claire. Lucky Claire, please put your questions into the question box down here because I need to do them in order and I want to bring them on the screen like you've seen previously. So let's get on with the next question. So another question from Stories. Um, I know there is no there is no money down deals. What other options are available to me? It's an off market. Okay, interesting question this one. So there, is, there are um, no money down deals. Absolutely there are. You just need to look for them. There are every single type of deal that you can possibly um, that you can think of at, in the market right now. It's just some some markets will lend themselves better to other, to some um, to some uh, strategies than others. Okay, so it's uh, I wouldn't worry too much about the market itself, and that might sound really stupid. What you need to be looking at, and this is what I I believe that everyone um, everyone has. Everyone has to think personally what they're trying to achieve, okay? So this is where reverse engineering becomes a very, very, very useful skill. I always ask my clients when I first speak to them, what does your property business look like when it's finished? And they tell, some of them are able to give me very good amount of detail of that and some aren't. Um, the ones that aren't haven't thought about it enough. And what I'm, what I'm talking about here is, what is what, when you're gonna be satisfied that you've achieved what you want to achieve, what does that property business look like? Is it a service accommodation business? Does it have um, some HMOs and are you developing properties as well on the side? Think about all of these kind of things, but also think about why you want it to look like that. What is the purpose of having that property company the way that it is? If it's just because, oh, well, that's what I, li I like the idea of that, you're not thinking in the right way. You've got to be thinking, and this goes for any type of business. You've got to be thinking, what am I trying to achieve here? Am I do, do am I in a job that I hate and I want to get out of it? If that's the case, then property needs to become your business. Or you might have another business that you, you set up that you love working in that generates cash that you can put into property. Um, so there's lots of different ways of, of doing this, but you've got to think about what you actually want to achieve. You know, for me... Um, I'm probably a bit of an enigma when it comes to this. I'm I'm not the norm. Most people I speak to are I want cash flow, you know, and uh, I just want to earn ten grand a month because then I have a perfect life. Well, actually, um, is ten grand enough? Ten grand a month enough? Is it too much? Um, I do think in a slightly different way because I have 
my, my business is my passion, therefore I get very excited about things. Uh, I think Ruby might be on, on the on the live. She's my operations manager. She's sick to death of hearing me talk about operations and um, systems and processes and improving our CRM system and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, she she she's a very very uh, patient lady <laughs> with with me, but. They're the things that get me up in the morning. They're the things that excite me. Talking to my clients, give, be able, being able to give my clients the best service in the world is what drives me. It's not money. So that gets me going. But for, I know for most people, that's not going to be enough. So what you need to do is actually work out what am I trying to achieve? What All these, all these strategies, great, but you need to be putting them into a plan that you are going to actually use to get to where you want to get to, where you want to um, you know, finish up, what's the target? And I say to a lot of people, a large, large, large majority of people will say, I want to earn X amount per month, okay? So actually, what number one, if, you, if you're looking for cash flow, you, you, you're very, very specific in how you're actually trying to, you're trying to build a portfolio that cash flows. That's what you're trying to do. But how are you going to do that? I'm not going to go into loads of detail on that right now. Um, I do go into a lot of detail on that on my one-to-one -one property strategy calls. So if you want to join me on one of those, um, then feel free to click the link in my bio and we can set that up. Um, but uh, we also need to think about actually what is what's the what is that figure? What is that figure that you actually need to achieve? Now I do this fairly frequently. It's an exercise where you it's called dreamscaping, I think it's called, where you imagine the life that you want. And we go into as much detail as we possibly can. What house do you wanna live in? Go on right move, find the house that would be your perfect house. See how much it costs and work out what you'd be getting as a mortgage and how much that would cost you right now on a monthly basis. Go and do it. Write that down, make a spreadsheet, make it your dream dreamscape uh, uh, spreadsheet. How much are you paying out on your mortgage? Right, what's your dream car? Now, I'm not suggesting this is my dream car, but this year at some point I'm planning on getting a Tesla because when I'm driving down to London, whether I'm going down the M1 or the M40, there are a load of Tesla superchargers, so, and they're free for Tesla users. So the way that I see it is I could uh, re basically relieve myself of a petrol bill, um, which would be really, really useful. And they're quite tax uh, efficient as well, getting fully electric cars. So that makes sense to me. So I wanna get a Tesla. So what did I do? I phoned Tesla. I got in touch with Tesla and I asked them how much it's going to cost me to buy it outright, to finance it or to lease it. So I know exactly the car that I want, how much that's going to cost me on a monthly basis. So then, so then we've sorted out house and we've sorted out car. Okay. Next one is holidays. They're the other big expense. Where do you want to go? How many holidays do you want to take in a year? I want to go on three, three-week holidays. Bloody marvellous. Where do you want to go? I want to go to New Zealand. I want to go to Southeast Asia. And I want to go to Canada. Fantastic. Great. Sounds good. How much are they all going to cost you? And then add those all together and then divide by 12. And there you go. You can add that to your pot as well. Oh, I really want to go out for five really expensive dinners every single month. Fantastic. How much are they all going to cost you? They're going to cost me this one, this one, this one, this one, blah, blah. Great. Add that in as well. Do you see the level of detail we're going to, guys? What's my phone bill? What's my, um, you know, let's work out what you heat, how, let's work out how much we're going to be spending on heating, you know, ta um, your council tax on, on that, that beautiful house that you thought. All these things, you need to go into this level of detail. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you'll be shocked one way or another. Either 10 grand is going to be miles too much. I, do you know, I did it recently and my dream life came to six and a half grand a month. 
Now, six and a half grand a month, still six and a half grand a month. But if I didn't want to grow my business, I could probably have that now. I prefer to grow my business. So I, I leave as much money in, in my business as I want. But I could probably most months afford to do that. So you're going to be shot that way or you're going to be shot the other way. And you're like, Hang on a second. 10 grand is not going to be anywhere near enough. I need 20 grand. So now you have to start thinking in a slightly different way. And this is one of the things I do on, this, on the one-to-one uh, -one uh, property strategy calls with my clients is to actually dreamscape, think about these figures, think about and, and, and then manufacture timescales. How are we going to get to from here to where you want to get to in the time frame that you've set yourself? I've set myself 10 years to get to there. Great. Okay. Well, how many properties, do you, do you, are you quite happy to be, for it to be a very noisy bit property business where you've got HMOs, service accommodation, you know, uh, rent to rent, um, flips, you know, all the renovations, all that kind of stuff. Is that, are you happy with that? Or do you want it to be really passive and, you know, it's properties let to social housing, properties let on a, on a standard buy to let, you know, single, single let basis. Um, what kind of cash flows are you going to get for each of those? And then what, um, you know, how many of those properties, how many of those units do you need to achieve that amount per month? This is the level of detail you need to be, think, need to be thinking about, guys. So don't worry about no money down deals and BRR and all this shit. You don't need to worry about it at all. What you need to worry about is what you need to achieve. You reverse engineer and then you figure out then how to get to where you need to then get to. And then the strategies will choose you because... For most people, if you want to be earning big, big, big dollar um, in a short space of time, you're going to have to go for the noisy businesses, the HMOs, the service accommodation, the stuff is going to take up a lot of your time because that is high cash flowing stuff. And then that's where the money is made, which you can later, if you want to be more passive, can be changed into more passive um, property strategies later down the line. But this is a level of detail, guys, that the top investors, Paul will tell you because he works with a shit ton of them. These are the kinds of things that the best investors in the country, in the country, are doing on a daily basis. If you're not doing it, the chance of you succeeding are not going to be very good. And I say that not because I'm trying to be a knob. I say it because I genuinely care about all of you. I really want you to all do really, really well. And I'm lucky. I get to work with all these amazing investors. I get to see what they do. And they're all freaking amazing and they're all doing this. They are so on it. They're, they're, they're strategizing all the time and they have that goal in mind of what they're trying to do. Okay. So have a little think about that, guys. Um, and I hope that was, again, the theme of today's, uh, today's episodes, I think, is positivity, thinking big, thinking, you know, being enthusiastic. So as much as I'm not really sure I answered that question, <laughs> um, it was a good jumping off point. Um, Thanks for sticking around, guys. Hope you're all enjoying the Monday Mortgage Mail episode 30 so far. If you do love the Monday Mortgage Mail, did you know that you can actually listen back to most of the episodes on the Game of Loans podcast now? Yes, you can. You might even be listening to it right now on the Game of Loans podcast. I know you guys aren't. I can see you. Um, but uh, many of you may well be listening along. Most weeks I do add this on um, in addition to my standard episodes. Um, I am thinking actually with the Game of Loans podcast, I might branch it out a little bit. So I do want to start putting the Monday Mortgage Mail on a pretty much every single week um keep i also want to keep having the uh 
the episodes where I'm interviewing amazing people. Um, yesterday, I put an episode up, which was me and Chanel, my, my broker, um, chatting all about HMO. So if you wanna go and check that out, please do. There's actually a video version of that on my YouTube channel as well. If you're not subscribed to that, just type my name, Sam Norris, into YouTube, and you'll be able to find me there. There's about 200 videos all about property finance uh, and property investing. It's amazing. It's really, really fantastic, and it's free. Um, but the Game of Loans podcast, I'm also thinking about adding in some sort of solo episodes where maybe for just for 20 minutes, I'll just talk about a particular subject or a particular idea um, or a particular strategy or a particular deal that I'm working on at the moment that I think is quite interesting to share. So if you think that's a good idea, give us a little thumbs up in the comments. Um, if you don't, then then also just let me know with a thumbs down. If you just want me to stick to the interviews and the, and the Monday Mortgage Mounts, then let me know, I won't bother. Um, I was thinking about doing these maybe on lives when I just go for a walk and I could just talk about a certain subjects, but um, you guys let me know what you think. Um, and if you haven't subscribed to the Game of Loans podcast, guys, why ever not? What are you doing? Let's get back to the questions because we've got quite a few. Um, so next question from my stories. If you are unable to refinance from residential to buy to let, can you stay on a variable rate um, and have tenants long term? So yes, this is actually quite a short question for me to answer, um, which is yes, you can. Um, if you stick it, I mean, you you generally can refinance onto um, onto a buy to let. The, I guess the, the main reason you might not be able to is if the rent isn't high enough to get the loan amount that you need using a lender's rental calculator. Um, but generally you can, um, it's called let to buy. Um, so we don't need to go into too much more detail on that. I've spoken about that previously, but let to buy. Um, but you can stick on the variable rate. Yes, you just need to get consent to let from your lender. I'll do that sooner rather than later because getting consent to let doesn't suddenly mean that you need to um, leave the property. Um, you just have consent to do that whenever you want. Um, so if you are thinking about letting it out, Call your lender, find out how you can get consent to let. Sometimes they might charge you an admin fee. Sometimes they might change the rate, although they don't really do that much anymore. Um, or sometimes, sometimes they won't do anything. They'll just say yes, no problem. And they'll send you a letter to confirm that you have consent to let. And you can just let it run. You can go the full length of your term um, and you can just you can just leave it as it is. But you need consent to let do that. So that was a, that was a nice, easy, short question. So thank you very much. Um, right, let's get cracking. So next question for my stories is, um, I have 15,000 of credit card balance. Is this an issue when remortgaging from resi to buy to let? So great question. Very timely because I've been dealing with a few of these recently. So some lenders will have something called a debt to income ratio maximum. What that is, is, um, well, it's exactly what it says in the tin actually. It's the ratio of your overall debt that you have personally compared to your annual income. So if your annual income was 20 grand and you had 10 grand's worth of uh, consumer debt, then your debt to income ratio would be 50%. Essentially, you have got 50% of your income outstanding in debt. Um, different lenders will have different limitations on this. So they will have a maximum they're comfortable with. So if you, with some lenders, um, they might, it might be 30%, others it might be 70%. So they're quite happy. Some lenders are gonna be more flexible and allow you to have a higher amount of debt. So effectively, if this person has um, a, a credit card balance of 15,000, so that's all the debt they've got, let's say. Um, this is only this is personal consumer debt, by the way, guys, so mortgages are not included in this. Um, and they earn 31,000 a year and the limit um, of a lender is 50%, then they are just below that, so they will pass on that. If they earn 29,000 and they had 15,000 pounds of outstanding debt, 
then it wouldn't pass because it's a slightly above 50% um, debt to income ratio. Does that make sense, guys? Um, so it'll be individual to the lender. Again, this is why you need a broker because we understand these things. We know what the lenders are looking for. We check everyone's credit file before we submit an application to ensure that there aren't any issues on there. And this is one of the things we look out for, guys. Okay, so just be really, really um, cautious of this. And as I said, just use a broker, um, you know, we at Grand Union Finance would love to work with you, but don't feel I'm not selling to you in any way. I'm not saying you have to work with us. Um, I'm just saying use a good broker um, and they will be able to give you an indication as to whether it's going to be a problem to have this kind of credit card debt. If it is, if you're using it and paying it off every month, that's not a bad thing in any in any way, shape or form, um, because we can actually put down on a um, on an application form that you are going to be not having this debt by the time the application completes. Um, so we can make them aware of that. Every lender will obviously check your credit file as well via a credit search, um, but we can check that beforehand just to ensure that you know um, there aren't any issues on there that are going to cause us too many problems. Sometimes it's really difficult to tell because it's not an exact science. Um, you know, we can look through it and it goes, yeah, it looks okay. Or there's a couple of things in there that might cause a problem. We can get a lender to look at it first. A lot of the time they're just going to go, just do a decision in principle and we will give you the answer that way. That's why the decision in principle is there for, to, to let us know whether it's actually just possible. It's frustrating when decision in principles are declined uh, because of credit, um, because you can't always determine it beforehand. But there are certain things that we know are not going to get passed. I mean, if we've got a, a, a credit file that's got a few issues with it, I will always get it in front of our business development managers or all of our lenders that can potentially look at it. We also have a search system where we can actually check certain criteria points, adverse is on there. So we can say, right, which lenders will allow for, um, you know, three missed payments in the last two years. And um, and then it will give us a list that have that within their criteria. Again, it's about then communicating with those lenders, getting them to check their file, and hopefully they may come back and say, yes, no, you know, um, and or we can at least consider that. You take it to take it to dip stage. We'll see how it goes. But others might go. No, that's just not. It's just not what we're after. Um, so again, use a broker, guys. Always use us brokers are not as bad as everyone seems to think we are. We're we're very very lovely people. We really care and we really want to help. So cool, cool. So we haven't got long left. Let's get cracking with um, we've got. The, so the last question I've got up, up on here on my screen is from Asma. Um, do you need landlord experience for holiday lets slash Airbnb? No, you do not. Um, not all the time. There are lenders out there that will require you to have experience. So to put a bit of flesh on the bone, guys, with a lot of the more specialist mortgage products, you will need a lot of lenders require you to have landlord experience before you actually um, can have, an, have a, uh, get an accepted application with them. So a lot of the time this happens with HMO. So um, if you've got an if you are a first-time landlord and you want to get an HMO, you want to buy a ready-made HMO and you want an HMO mortgage, there are lots of lenders out there that will not lend to you until they can see 12 months to 24 months worth of landlord experience. Just standard AST single let landlord experience, then you will qualify for a mortgage with them on that particular criteria point. There are some that, that don't need it. The same with holiday let slash Airbnb slash service accommodation, exactly the same. A lot of the time they want to see that you've got a certain amount of um, a certain amount of experience, but there are some lenders that 
don't, which obviously is, is good news for you guys that want to get into service accommodation. So what I was saying earlier on, service accommodation is a very noisy, very loud, very busy um, property business, but it usually yields some pretty good returns when you compare it to standard buy to let. So it might be something you want to do long term, but in terms of just generating good cash upfront to allow you to build your portfolio, because don't forget guys, the more cash you make on a monthly basis, the quicker you can get your next deposit to buy another property. And then you've got two properties making a large amount of cash. So it takes you half the time it took you to, to get that, that particular um, deposit. And then you use and you get another one. So you can grow your property exponentially very quickly um, with these kind of strategies, HMO, service accommodation that generate a good cash flow, higher cash flow than a standard buy to let. And then later on down the line, you might go, it's time to slow down a little bit. Let's convert these these um, service accommodations back to standard buy to lets. We'll rent them out in ASTs, um, but it all goes a bit more chill and we don't have to worry about bookings and all that kind of stuff anymore. We just rent those properties out nice and easily and we can drift off into the sunset and go on holiday uh, every month of the year. Happy days. Um, so Asma, did that answer your question? Let me know in the comments below. If you've got any follow-ups, um, also let me know. Um, let me just have a look. Have we got any more questions? Yes, we've got one more question remaining. If you've got any more questions, probably got time for one more after this. Drop it down into the question box, guys. And don't forget to keep hammering that little heart button in the bottom right-hand corner. Um, it makes me feel really good about myself and it also tells Instagram I'm doing a good job. So, um, Tandem Property Holdings starts for a three to seven bedroom HMO conversion. I'd be looking to use a bridge to let accompanied by a commercial valuation. Would you be able to assist with this or suggest other strategies? Okay, so what we um, right, so what we need to think about here is so what we're talking about is converting a uh, probably a C three um, uh, property, uh, which is a residential home, into a C four or a sui generis classified HMO. So uh, C four is up to six people in an HMO. Sui generous classification you uh, planning permission for, and that will be um, seven or more. So in terms of guaranteeing a commercial valuation, realistically, we're going to it's going to need to be sui generous. So we're not going to um, we're not really going to get too many lenders that are going to allow us to have a commercial valuation on a five to six bed HMO unless it is truly truly an hmo like all en suite you know and it's it, you couldn't you couldn't very easily convert it back into a family home but generally speaking that's only gonna be on five to six bedroom hmos four to three beds you're not going to be getting a commercial yield based valuation on that um at all um so these won't these won't necessarily be bridge to let pro uh, products i think it's very very i need to be very clear to people when we talk about bridge to let these are um products where you get a bridging loan and then you're able to refinance onto a buy to let mortgage at the end of it Lend, these lenders, you know, the way it's just one product, um, there's only a couple in the market and they are quite vanilla. Um, it, they're not really fit for purpose for this kind of thing. What we just need is a commercial lender. If we need a commercial yield-based valuation on the back end, we need a commercial lender that does bridging finance. We do the, the bridge with that commercial lender. We get them to send out their let their uh, surveyor at the beginning as part of the bridging process they can give us a yield based valuation um, for what the property will look like when it's done at the end um, and then what we can do is when it is complete we can get the same value to go back out and we convert that over into um, onto a commercial hmo value um, uh, mortgage with that lender so does that make sense guys that's what we're trying to do here um, we're trying to guarantee as best we possibly can 
what the um, what the end value is going to be. There's never any guarantees at all, but we give ourselves the best chance when we know this figure relatively early on, or we, we get a good indication early on. If it's going to take you six months to do the conversion, which if it's a seven bed, it's got a very, very good chance of it taking that, that amount of time before we get to the point where we can get a new valuer, um, or sorry, a new valuation done. But if we're doing the bridge with a lender who um, you know is a commercial lender where we can get the commercial mortgage with at the end to get the commercial valuation, don't forget you're not going to be getting a commercial valuation if you're going to Blooming Kent Reliance or Precise, for your, for your HOA mortgages, they are more sort of, they're just what we call specialist lenders. They're not commercial lenders, they're specialist residential lenders. Um, so they will do these mortgages, but they will be doing it on a bricks and mortar basis. We need to go to commercial lenders and then we need to bridge it, bridge the purchase with those commercial lenders um, on their bridging products. And then we we know that we've got a good indication because we've got a lender that sent out a surveyor at the beginning who is looking at it from a commercial yield-based valuation on the back end, the GDV. And then when we come to refinance, a lot of these lenders will offer discounts to you if you're already a client or already a borrower and make much lower fees, etc. So then we can then refinance it um, to the term product, we call it, with them. And we can get the same surveyor to go out and, um, you know, Re recheck their figures. Um, if it's six months are gone, they're going to have to recheck their figures. Um, any less than that, there is a chance they might just take their original, which is really, really good. We still have to pay them for the privilege, of course we are, um, but that's that's how it works. So that's how that would work, um, Tandy uh, Property Holdings. Did that answer your question? Does that make a lot of sense? Um, hopefully it did. Um, so cool, I think, I think we've answered all the questions. Not bad for a short session. I think we're, we're on for about 45 minutes on this one. Uh, apologies, guys. I was a little bit late. Um, but hopefully that was really helpful, everybody. Um, good. Glad that helped. If there's anything that you don't understand um, on this particular live, any questions that you want a little bit more um, knowledge on, a bit more help with, feel free to send me a direct message. I do answer all my direct messages. Sometimes, depending on how busy I am, you'll get a you'll get one sooner rather than later. Um, I try and do them within a couple of days. Um, you know, over the weekend I was away in Germany, so I didn't get the chance to look at Instagram pretty much at all. And on that note, actually, guys, a big apology. I've not been doing a lot of uh, content recently. I've been really, really busy. As you, as many of you know, I've had a few things going on in my personal life as well that has really distracted me. Um, but I promise you, I'll be getting back to the daily content as soon as I possibly can. Um, and that all kicks off right now with the Monday Mortgage Mail. Um, but you can also look back on some old, uh, older videos, uh, episodes of the, the podcast. Go on my YouTube channel, check out some of the videos I've been doing there in the meantime. But I will be getting back up um, on the horse, guys, and, and giving you a load more content coming very, very soon. Um, so apologies for the last week or so, which has been pretty slim pickings. But thank you for joining me on the Monday Mortgage Melt today. And as I said, any follow-up questions you've got on anything we've been discussing, please, please just send me a direct message and I will come back to you as soon as I can. Have a fantastic week. Don't forget, it's massive March. So anything you're doing, make sure that you are doing it 100%. Go hell for leather this month. Really give your strategies, your, your targets, your goals, a, um, a big slap on the arse and let's get into gear to you know, jumpstart our 2023s, basically. So thanks very much again, guys. I will catch you on next week's Monday Mortgage Mail, same time, 5pm, Monday, episode 131. See you then.
Yep, that's it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode, guys. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other Game of Loans podcast episodes, please, I would ask you a massive favor to leave a five-star review. It massively helps me grow the podcast and reach more people that will hopefully enjoy the episodes as much as you have. Thank you so much in advance for this, and I'll hopefully see you on the next episode.